64,000 is the median number of words per book. Average person reads about 200 words per minute. Simple math will tell us that is one book in 320 minutes. To accomplish this in seven days, numbers say you would have to read for 45 minutes a day. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Hello, and happy day. How does slowing down sound to you today? Would you like to reduce the noise for just a bit? Are you ready to make a choice and decide to listen? My name is Igor S.F. Walker. I am here to remind people to slow down, to reduce the noise to walk their lives into a natural flow. Welcome back to the Book of the Week series. Every week, as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. And today we look at mind reach. Scientists look at psychic abilities by Russell Targ and Harald Iputov. In this video, we look at straightforward account of a set of successful experiments that demonstrate the existence of remote viewing, a hereto unvalidated human capacity. The scientific world and the illiterate public have been fully exposed to the intricacies of disputes involving scientific theories so dogmatic as to resemble religious beliefs. Stick around till the end. I will share with you some tools I haven't used that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you. What innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. It may be fair to say that as the experimental methods to investigate so-called psychic powers have improved, so have the violence of controversy, the proclamations of disbelief, and the accusations of either conscious or unconscious fraud. We may well ask, why is it necessary in studies of this kind to have at least twice as many safeguards and artificial substitutes for integrity as those usually demanded. Why does the psychic research worker, following ordinary rules, have to anticipate more hurdles than research workers in other controversial fields, such as the study of the inheritance of acquired characters, the existence of Eidetic imagery, mind-body relationships postulated for somatotypic studies, or the findings of psychoanalysis. In all of these fields, those who claim new results have been subjected to enormous academic punishment. Psychic powers have historically been closely associated with powers of healing, an area of faith and hope, and response to placebos, 
means that many diagnoses and many cures remain problematical. Faith in the healer is essential to the ability of the healer to heal, so that the both healer and patient are held in a tight circular system, which is beneficial to both and dangerous to break. Experiments suggest to us that anyone who feels confident with the idea of having paranormal ability can have it. At least one hypothesis as to why the country is not filled with people exhibiting a high degree of psychic functioning is that it is frowned upon by society. We share a historical tradition of the stoning of the prophets and the burning of the witches. In light of what is known in psychology about the impact of negative feedback in extinguishing behavior, there can be little doubt that negative reaction from society is sufficient to discourage many fledgling psychics. The world had more than its share of charlatans. As a result, the issue of psychic functioning is avoided by a large segment of society who do not wish to chance being fooled. Even at the cost of being wrong, it is acceptable to be wrong if you have company. It is painful to be right when alone. Our observations that apparently everyone can experience remote viewing was a particularly hard-won truth which emerged from our efforts to handle the following problem. A government visitor who heard that ESP experiments are happening arrived wanted to see something psychic by the way of demonstration. Although this sounds like a reasonably simple request, one of the things we learned quickly in our new program was that no matter how miraculous the result of an ESP demonstration, an observer often tries to discount it as a lucky day or is convinced later by a skeptical colleague that he was either mistaken or deceived or both. Examples of remote viewing experiments are described in the four-volume 1927 Outline of Science, edited by J. Arthur Thompson. Along its section on biology, chemistry, and physics is a section entitled Psychic Science, nestled between applied science, flying, and natural history, botany. The section on psychic science is written by Sir Oliver Lodge, who introduces his subject with the following ideas. The two branches of knowledge, the study of mind and the study of matter, had usually been dealt with separately, and the facts have been scrutinized by 
different investigators, the psychologists, and the physicists. The time is coming when the study of these apparently separate entities must be combined to ascertain the real nature of the connection. Whether those possibilities are generally recognized or not is the object of psychic science. By the end of 1973, more than 20 remote viewing experiments with Pat and Ingo had been carried out, and it was increasingly evident that their unique window on the world was not limited oh, by the conversational barriers to perception. Neither copper-walled rooms nor long distances in any way inhibited their ability to see places and events hundreds or thousands of miles away, or even to describe the interior of distant buildings thought to be secure against any sort of snooping. Eighteen months had gone by since the first experiment with Ingo, no longer doubting the existence of paranormal functioning. Scientists came to expect their experiments to be successful and were beginning to look for some physical laws that might be governing the phenomena they were observing. Many people are reluctant to publicly attempt activities that are generally considered to be impossible. Society often provides negative feedback and inhibits the individual who might otherwise have explored his or her capability, as already indicated, in addition to maintaining scientific rigor. One of our primary tasks as researchers is to provide an environment in which the subject feels safe to explore the possibility of paranormal perception with a new subject. We also try to stress the non-uniqueness of the ability. In the research, paranormal functioning appears to be a latent ability that all subjects can experience to some degree. When often asked how to prepare a subject for a remote viewing experience, all we provide is a quiet, relaxing place to work an assurance to the subject that the ability is natural and not unique. And finally, we give them the assurance that it is possible to be successful, permissible to fail, and fun to try, at any rate. It appears that use of multiple subject responses to a single target provided provides better results than target identification by a single individual. We do not yet have an understanding of the nature of the information-bearing signal that the subject perceives. We know only that the subject subjects commonly report that they perceive the signal visually as though they were looking at the object or place from a position in its immediate neighborhood. Furthermore, 
a subject's perceptual viewpoint has mobility in that he can shift his point of view to describe elements of a scene that would not be visible to an observer standing at a ground level. Finally, motion is in general not perceived. In fact, moving objects often are unseen even when nearby static objects are correctly identified. Finally, we observe that most of the correct information that subjects do relate to us is of a non-analytic nature pertaining to shape, form, color, and material rather than to function or name. The left hemisphere is predominantly active in verbal and in other analytical function. The right hemisphere predominates in spatial and other holistic processing. Although further research is necessary, it is clear that remote viewing has characteristics in common with the performance that require right hemisphere function. As a result of this consideration, we have learned to urge subjects simply to describe what they see as opposed to what they think they are looking at. We have learned that their unanalyzed perceptions are almost always a better guide to the true target than their interpretations of the perceived data. Telling someone how to do remote viewing is a little like trying to explain how to learn how to see. There's very little to tell, and we are the first to acknowledge that there is no secret. You learn to remote view by trial and error, getting feedback from the environment in much the same way you learn to ride a bicycle. If you're interested in making use of your own, perhaps latent, psychic ability, here are a few pointers based on our own experiences with others in the past. Ask yourself, is it okay with me if the world should be constructed in such a way that psychic functioning does exist. It will help to keep in mind that so far we have not found a single person who could not do remote viewing to satisfaction. Of course, there are differences in each person's ability, as there are in the ability to sing or play the piano. Some subjects are more consistently reliable others get better faster. The indications are that it is a widespread human talent, and chances are that you will be amazed at your own psychic ability. Since man first began to pursue knowledge, he has endeavored to understand the nature of his own existence, and at the heart of that search, has been the quest to unlock the secrets of consciousness. Each new way of philosophy, theology, science, and education has brought with it new theories and speculations, 
about the structure and functioning of human consciousness. The temple of this work has been greatly accelerated by the collaborative evidence from widely diverse scientific sectors. The neurosurgeons, the psychologists, and the neurophysiologists, each with their specialized tool of anatomical study, psychological testing, and electronic measurement, <coughs> I finally beginning to converge on a finally coherent picture. What has emerged is the concept that the two hemispheres of the brain are specialized for different cognitive function. The left, verbal and analytical thought, the right, intuition and understanding of patterns. The model of cerebral processing that has evolved indicates that the left hemisphere enables us to function in an analytical and a logical manner in which one proceeds step by step. The right hemisphere is associated with intuitive and holistic processes by which one grasps the relationship between the parts directly rather than by a sequence of deductions. The left hemisphere analyzes over time. The right synthesizes over space. The left codes memory in linguistic description. The right in images. Tentative links between right brain and musical and artistic abilities have also been noticed and known. Critics suggest that those inclined to accept the possibility of paranormal functioning do so more out of psychological need than out of sound observation, even maintaining that such individuals have a strong, almost religious, commitment to promote a belief structure that includes a possibility of paranormal functioning. When we look more closely, however, we do find that such statements apply more accurately to the hardened skeptic than to the parapsychological researcher. It is the skeptic, not the researcher, who is short on rigorous observation and long on theory. It is the hardened skeptic who betrays a strong emotional commitment to an a priori belief structure, being motivated as he is to go out of his way to criticize a field of research about which he has little first-hand data. Furthermore, in these days of gravitational waves, ELF propagation, and the quantum interconnectedness, the burden of proof with regards to excluding the possibility of paranormal functioning now lies with the skeptics. On the far extreme of the loyal opposition are those who do not even pretend to maintain a stance of 
objectivity with regard to the possibility of paranormal functioning, these are individuals who, by and large, earn their livelihood playing the role of professional skeptic. They're usually not a serious factor as far as the scientific issues are concerned, but their potential for spreading misinformation among the public is inordinately large. And this is due in part to the fact that they are not burdened with the necessity of spending long hours of experimentation in the laboratory to decide an issue on the basis of observation. The basic issues are already settled in their mind, so their energies can be turned almost entirely toward providing their views in front of the public in talk shows and in books and in articles. It is this relatively easy access to the media which often makes their position appear quite strong to an uninformed public. Perhaps we have seen human evolution come full circle, whereby exploration of outer space and inner space come together. The cultural reemergence of man's psychic nature like gravity and other natural phenomena, the phenomena we have been rediscovering and exploring in the laboratory has been around since the dawn of humankind's recorded search. And this, in spite of what the self-styled arbiters of local culture might say. When man first began modeling the universe around him, paranormal functioning was gracefully accepted as one of the phenomena to be accounted for, and therefore occupied an important place in religion and in philosophy. However, as models of the universe were built to explain certain mechanical aspects of our environment, the phenomena of paranormal functioning was found difficult to assimilate into the mainstream exploration. It therefore became suspect, a symbol of the anxiety humankind felt about the inadequacy of its model-building efforts. The tension culminated in the materialistically oriented concepts of early mechanistic science whose claim to fame was its apparent independence from subjective factors. Now that our modern scientific paradigm has strong roots in our culture, and it is recognized that the inclusion of the observable subjective factors will not result in the destruction of all that has been gained. It would appear that the model builders of our time are secure enough to begin confronting again this important part of the observable universe paranormal functioning. Rather than seeing such a shift as a sign of regression to primitive concepts, we see it rather as a sign that science has matured 
perhaps our place in the universe is now secure enough that we can begin to take another look at a piece of ourselves that we have long attempted to ignore. Perhaps humankind has matured. And there you have it, mind reach. Scientists look at psychic abilities. Please do help out. It is easy. Simply like this video so more people can enjoy it. Share it too and spread the word. Leave a comment and do share your thoughts. Subscribe to my channel and stay up to date. And the link to this book is in the description below. So buy it, read, never stop learning, especially learning about yourself and nature. So gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website and find out what actually motivates you. What innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior. And if you feel you are ready to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management and relationship management even further, do check out my Master of Life Awareness program. The links are in the description below. Thank you. Love and respect.